1: This is your host, Mike Abadir, of course, and today is Thursday, December 22nd, 2022. A very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's to everyone. I'm coming at you live from Las Vegas. Pop is coming at you live from Los Angeles. So let's start with you, Pop. How's it going? You got any, uh, thing going on for the holidays? Any traditions? I know this year it may be a little bit different than in the past, but... Uh, what do you what do you got cooking over the next uh, few days here?
2: Oh man, just living. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> I hear that. You know, all I'm I get... doing is watching sports like everybody else. You know. Yes, yeah. sir. Well, you could have an extra eye on it because uh,
1: you're one of the final four in your fantasy league in our fantasy league. So I'll be watching and, and rooting you on, brother. Uh, I got bounced last week. Nobody's shedding, nobody's shedding a tear for me, though, because I'm in a few of these Mike Abadier leagues, you know, one, two, three. So I, I'm still alive in three leagues. Uh, so nobody's shedding a tear for me. But nonetheless, I wanted, I'm i a perfectionist, Pop. I wanted to keep advancing. And I liked that team a lot. That was actually probably my favorite of the teams, but wasn't meant to be. But uh, I think you got to... Your team's been consistent from day number one. So... Uh, Anyways, I'm sure that people don't want to know about our teams unless we got some fantasy tips. So maybe we'll come up with a tip or two for those who are still alive, maybe looking to fill an injury hole or something like that, especially Jalen Hurts. And I think that's a good place for us to start, Pop. And we'll talk also about Carlos Correa, Aaron Judge, and the Giants' big swing and miss. But let's lead off with the NFL for a little bit it doesn't look like Jalen is going to be playing, which is really too bad because I, I kind of wanted to see that matchup, you know, um, at full strength, you know, Dallas and Philadelphia,
2: you know what I mean? Right. Right. And, um, you know, it's crazy. Cause, you know, I talked about this on my show earlier as well, too. It was actually part of the opening, uh, dialogue. And, um, I think that Jalen Hurts not playing this weekend is totally fine because you much rather have this guy ready to roll in the playoffs. But I know where Jalen Hurts is thinking of why he wants to still play. He wants to stay in rhythm because if he say goes out for the next three weeks and then it's really going to be a four week situation because the we are Philly is gonna gonna win the the. Uh, East and they're going to win. It's, they're going to clinch the top seat. That's going to happen because Minshew is not bad, but because Minshew is actually pretty good, they might go ahead and just run the run the table still. But this team is not going to finish uh, sixteen and one. Let's just keep it real. I do see them probably losing three games. They'll probably lose the next two out of three if Hertz is not a part of the equation, and that's not because they're not trying to win. It's just because it's that time of the year. You feel me, Mike? So yep. my thing is like this. It's I think they want to just keep the good times rolling, but you don't want to roll into the playoffs being way too hot. We just saw what happened to the Dodgers. We just saw what happened to the Phoenix Suns. It's almost a trend in sports this uh, this last year where teams play so well during the regular season they get into the the first they get into the first sign of danger. And then they're not no good. They're just flat. They're incomplacent. In, in and they get embarrassed out the playoffs. And that was not a part of the plan. And so I just truly do feel like um, Hertz. It's okay to sit out, buddy. But I do understand why you want to play. The competitor of me totally understands why he does not want to sit out.
1: Well, plus I think they also want to make sure that they shore up that home field advantage. They're in a pretty good position regardless. But, you know, you you never want to take that for granted and assume that you're going to get it because a loss can turn into two. And like you're talking about, they lose two out of three or something like that. Um, I don't know if that jeopardizes the home field or not. I think they're pretty close to clinching. But there is one advantage, by the way, of him not playing. Because I was thinking about it. And I was like, what are the pros and cons? I think one of the pros of him not playing is this. Let's just say they face up with uh, they face the Cowboys in the playoffs at some point. Well, now we've seen that a couple of times. We being Philadelphia, and we know the plays they run. We know what to expect, right? But you didn't see Jalen Hurts a couple of weeks before the playoffs. There's a lot more, I think, surprise element to that. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So it's kind of like in baseball. You mentioned baseball a few minutes ago. I'll ride with that. (laughs) If we just saw a pitcher last week, you know what I mean, and he two hit us, we're going to do better next time because we just saw it. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I I think uh, there is an advantage there so long as they get their home field advantage. In fact, I would say if they get it, it's probably better that he doesn't play if, and you said the key point, if he stays in rhythm, if he's able to. And I think he can because he's not like necessarily a rhythm quarterback. You know what I mean? His game is multi dimensional. So even if he's kind of like slightly off target with his throws, he could make things happen with his legs. He could improvise. He's kind of a, a master, excuse me, at the broken play. So th- there's a few ways to go with that. On the flip side, Another really fast quarterback that's going to miss his third game in a row is Lamar Jackson, and I think that's going to really, really hurt Baltimore Ravens, uh, who up until this point were playing surprisingly well, or at least
2: a surprise to me, Pop. Hmm. Well, you know, when I say rhythm, I mean it more as getting not get knocked off of what the normal routine. You know what I mean, Mike? Sure. And so pretty much – when, and that that's what's going to happen to lamar right now well from not playing is yep. when you come back you're not putting you're not going be it's going to be see when you when you're in and out the lineup at this point in the season and then you're playing in a playoff situation you just can't turn it back on like that you can't you're going to be a little rusty and you don't want to be a little rusty going into the playoffs but let me stay at the topic at hand when lamar jackson's situation is a lot more serious than they're putting on and I knew that going in with the MCO. And when they said one to three weeks, I said to myself, it, they saying one to three weeks because really they want to say four to six because they know that it's an the MCO. They know that he's a running quarterback and they know that they got to pay him. And so I know that this is more of a game about incentives and things like that. The why Lamar is being held out at this point. They're going to get him back in there for the final uh, two games of the season because that's Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. Those games are critical. But I would say this. They did make the right call for him because you don't want to risk his injury because the Ravens, are to me, they're pretty much in. But these next... But the next two weeks is going to be telling for them as well, too. You know what I mean? But luckily for them, they have a great record in the division already. They've beaten everybody in the division. They're 3-1. and So that works out pretty good for the Ravens moving forward. So they can really afford their star quarterback not to be in that game. But I'm with you, Mike. I feel like the Eagles really do need to have Jalen play this one against the Cowboys because this is a confidence game for the Philly and there's a good possibility that Philly and Dallas are going to see each other in the playoffs and you don't want your guy coming just back into the game you know what I mean and that's where we go back to where the rhythm part you know you don't want to get off of what the routine I should have said it a little bit differently the routine is you know what I mean and I just totally feel like they're they're the same situation, but one is chasing his contract right now in Lamar, and the other one is chasing an MVP trophy. So are they going to be able to put... So is it really like if it was up to them, they're they're playing. But with the front offices and everybody like that, they're keeping this thing cautious. And I think it kind of just goes back to You know that these guys are prize players and they don't have good backups at the end of the day to get them down the road. You know, but I I would say this Philly is in the same situation they were with Nick Foles, in my opinion, because you give Mark Gardner Minshew a good team to run with. Everything will work out in the end for him. It seriously will. And you know he has himself a little bit of a, a revenge streak going, right? Not a revenge streak, but you know he has a heavy heart right now. That was one of um, Coach Leach's, uh, you know, prized uh, players, a guy that he loved a lot, and he helped him get to the NFL with great, uh, with the great recommendations when he was called about Gardner Minshew. So, yeah, man, I just think that this is a good test for the Eagles. Just on how do they handle real adversity? This is the first time I've seen a team be this good all season long and not have to deal with any real adversity. And the last time I've seen a team have get that lucky in the NFL, it was the Minnesota Vikings. You know what happened to them? I'm talking about the '98 Vikings, probably the most exciting team to never win a championship.
1: Ooh, took me back. You took me back a ways. T- totally. Uh... T- totally agree with you in terms of uh, the most exciting, uh, definitely one of the most exciting to uh, at least not get to the Super Bowl, which was really unfortunate. It would have been fun mm-hmm. as heck <laughs> to see them in there. You said that the Baltimore Ravens are, are, are okay. And on paper, I think they are because they've got nine wins. But something to keep in mind, Bob. The division winners are going to be Kansas City, Tennessee, or somebody from the AFC South. Maybe even Jacksonville. Cincinnati and Buffalo. Now the problem is with Lamar in there, Baltimore could have kept their lead against Cincinnati. But now, they sit a game back from Cincy. Cincy's won six in a row and they play each other the last game of the season. So it would have been like, for the division, most likely. But now what's going to happen is you're going to hope you get a good game from Tyler Huntley because let's just say Cincinnati is going to win that last game, hypothetically speaking, okay? So if that's the case, then they've got two – and by the way, the reason I say I'm going to give the win to Cincinnati, Pop, is because Cincy won the first time they matched up. And no, you know how didn't. it is. No, These teams my, usually my,
2: split. You know, they split. Their, right, but Baltimore won. It was on Sunday Night Football month. Oh, excuse me. Baltimore won 19-17. Right. And Cincinnati does play Buffalo next week as well, too. But go ahead. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So Baltimore won
1: the first matchup. Cincinnati should win the second one. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Okay. Uh,
3: uh,
1: So here's, here's the thing. What if? The Falcons are kind of a sneaky team. What if they tripped up against the Falcons?
2: <laughs> it's possible, right? Maddie, yeah, it's at that point of year. You're right. You're right. You're right. But I'm. And laughing. then the week after,
1: the week after, they got the Steelers, a team that they hate each other, Steelers and Ravens. I mean, that goes back to the beginning of the inception of the Baltimore Ravens as a as a as a Raven team, right? And then you finished with the Bengals. So there's going to be three games that are going to be ultra important for them. And I'm going to tell you really quickly why, because they got nine wins, but right behind them is Miami with eight, the chargers with eight. But if they lose a couple of games, now you got teams lurking galore, new England, seven and seven, New York jets, seven and seven, Uh, you know, maybe even one of these six win teams that is clinging on to hope. And there's a bunch of those, including our beloved Raiders, which we'll talk about in a minute here. But I don't know. I think that Baltimore may uh, may stress their fans out. I think they still get in, but I think it may be a, a stressful journey where that last game might be meaningful, a must win to, to move on or something like that. Uh, who knows, though? Maybe Tyler Outley progresses. You know, he's had the opportunity now for a couple of weeks. And um, sometimes, you know, QBs need a couple of games under their belt before they could really start flourishing. You know what I mean? So – We'll, we'll see about that. I still think that team in particular, their defense is okay. It's not great. It's not Raven-esque. It's not bad. But the team, let's face it, it's all about Lamar. The offense is all about Lamar. Nobody can name even a receiver or running back on the Ravens, right, because it's all about Lamar. So that's all I'll say about that. I think if he's not healthy for the playoffs, even if they get in, it ain't going to matter they'll be a one and done. You know what I mean?
2: Right. So let's talk about our Raiders. All right. Well,
1: so at this point in time, correct me if you disagree, correct me if I'm wrong. They have to be the most bizarre team in NFL history. Bizarre happenings in NFL history. This season in particular, for one club is about as bizarre as it gets. I've never seen anything like this. Why is it so bizarre? Topsy-turvy. Teams up by a ton. They come back. Uh, they give up leads. You know, when it's when it looks like they've got the game in hand, uh, you know, it goes the other way around two. A lot of overtime games. A lot of one-score games. But the Raiders have been, like, one of those teams that plays really good for one half. They look like a Super Bowl team in one half. And then the other half, they just stopped playing. And so when you add it all up, it comes out to six and eight. However, I've never seen a finish like the last game against the Patriots. I mean, I, I think it kind of balances out some of their bad luck because that was great luck. But, man, what were you watching that live? And how did
2: you feel when you saw that crazy play? I was just asking myself, why the hell didn't they kneel? the Patriots, like, what are we doing here, Bill? Like, why are y'all still on the field? It's three seconds left. Just kneel down there. Aren't we going to overtime? Like, they really were trying to run a, like, hook and lateral type situation to score a touchdown? Well, that's the first thing that just befuddles me. And then when the guy throws the ball back, just lay down. The clock's already ran up. You can't kick a field goal. You're going to overtime. What are we doing here? He throws the ball, and he's not even looking when he throws the ball. And Chandler Jones is literally sitting there, oh, thank you. And, Mike, when he did it, I just was like, are you kidding me? This is the Raiders getting this situation, getting this uh, – to, to getting this uh, – <laughs> getting this fortune – this this ain't no. This is not. This would not be the Raiders. The Raiders make this stupid type play, but the Raiders are even smart enough not to make a play like that. I'm just. Yeah, I just exactly. I just, just can't believe it.
1: Yeah, no, it's unbelievable. Really, Pop. Let's take a quick commercial time out. We'll continue the conversation after a few moments. Stay with us, everyone. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at
0: Voice Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at show.com Now, back to this week's program. Back on the Mike Abadir Show with Pop DiBiase. Pop,
1: let's give the listeners what they want, which is, how do they get winning plays from top, Pop DiBiase? Let them know how they can connect with you, and then we'll resume
2: our breakdown of some of these matchups. Well, if they're on the Twitter, you can go ahead and follow me, at Pop Dibiase, and you guys can watch the daily show, the uh, Primetime Angles, live, and you guys can catch the replay as well, too. We have the uh, world-famous uh, talking tickets there as well, too, and I'll preview the NBA every day as well. You guys can catch catch me there, or you guys can go to. Um, you guys can go ahead and email me at pop at uh, Prime Wave Media at Yahoo or at popdbic at iCloud if you have any inquiries that way. And you can just DM me, but you guys can find all my stuff on the Twitter. You know, I mean, um, website is still being worked on. Um, there's still some things that I'm trying to uh, figure out for that to make it the best possible site so then we can uh, turn it into a, a streamlined situation. But yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter or you guys can just email me directly if you like as well to uh, add those emails that I gave you. Either popdbic at iCloud or primewavemedia at yahoo.com.
1: Beautiful. Sounds good. So let's keep it rolling. Uh, let's stick with the Raiders for a moment. Uh, sad news in uh, in the passing of Franco Harris, um, by all accounts, really, really good dude. Um, just really, really nice, respectful. He, he takes us back to a time before, you know, you and I. But uh, those those highlights of those 70 Steelers, they were amazing. And, uh, and the, this was going to be the 50-year anniversary of the immaculate reception.
3: Mm-hmm. And ironically
1: enough, the Raiders are playing the Steelers. So it would have been really nice that uh, if Franco Harris was there because he's the one that made that crazy catch. A lot of, uh, a lot of theories about that though, because there's one camera angle that's missing. So, uh, there's, there's been a lot of theories about, you know, did it touch the ground it not touch the ground. Who did it hit? Who did it deflect off all that kind of stuff. Um, Nonetheless, I think that sometimes when you have those crazy mysteries, it adds to the lore of what happened. Hence the term immaculate reception. But it's kind of like the hand of God in soccer with Diego Maradona. Argentina, what was that, 1986, 88, something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing. Camera angle doesn't quite exactly show it. I don't even know how we live watching sports before HDTV but that's another conversation for another day um you know it's still it still bums me out though that the Raiders lost some of these games especially the Patriots game uh, sorry the Rams game the Rams game in particular uh the Colts game bugs the heck out of me too Obviously, the close game against Tennessee and overtime against the Cardinals, yeah, those those sucked. Tight one opening day against the Chargers. But I'm just saying, if they were if they beat, had beat the Rams, um, they would have been on a really nice streak going into this last few games. You know what I mean? Uh, but nonetheless, they've won four out of their last five games, six and eight. I mean, even if they run the table against the Steelers, 49ers, and Chiefs, I think that's a good pretty big ask right then they would be uh nine and eight as a best case scenario you know what i mean but what do you think of this coming matchup historically two great afl teams um and, and the raiders prospects over the next couple of games here
2: well you know um tradition 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 you know um Old Pittsburgh, crazy story about Pittsburgh. You said AFL, but actually they were – they're not AFL, but they were a team that volunteered to go to the AFC when the AFL merged. They were volunteering very uh, right away because they actually were paid, I think, $300,000 to move. They said, okay, um, nobody wants to budge, but we need to have three teams move over to the AFC. So you're
1: saying they were there in day number one, but it wasn't because of the AFL merger. They were under the NFL umbrella, whereas the Raiders, the Chargers, and and those teams came over to the NFL from the AFL.
2: Right. And the funniest funniest part about this is this is why the Browns and Stevens will forever be uh, attached at the hip. The Browns literally were forced by the NFL to go to the AFC. Take $300,000, we're going to give you $300,000. Art Modell said no, because we don't want to leave having a rivalry with the Bears and the Lions and the Packers. Those are who the Browns rivals really are supposed to be, but they were rivals with the Steelers as well, too. So the Steelers were like, we got to have them because this is the only way that we, we sell tickets. So that's Kind of like how the Steelers, for so that's why the Browns are in the a, the uh, AFC. And the funniest part about it is third team, the Colts, the mystery relevant. They say that we don't care because we just want some money because we broke. So we'll take that three hundred thousand dollars, no problem. We'll go over to to the AFC, whatever. With uh, Johnny United and all, uh, Johnny United's on his last leg. But let me get to the uh, topic at hand. I just want to tell that story because no, I that's a good story, that. man. I, I appreciate
1: that you uh, corrected. Uh, that information because uh, I was a step off there and uh, you actually reminded me of something that I probably heard a long time ago, but definitely didn't remember it. So good, good stuff there with a little NFL history lesson.
2: Well, I'm a little bit of a history buff, but I do not want to be all snobby about it, Mike. You know how people are about, Oh God, I know, you know, I'm just correcting you. So, um, writers, man, I'm with you, Mike. It, it goes, it's not even a Rams game, Mike. It's the, Cardinals game. What else? What other game? The Titans. Tennessee, Tennessee yep. game. Opening game against the Chargers. Um the 17-0 lead against the Chiefs. And then you lose the game by you lose the game by uh inkling by by uh, whatever ass play. So it's like I just named off three wins if if those games are wins, the Raiders are sitting pretty right now. The Raiders oh, yeah. literally, literally have lost one game this year where they really got it put on them. That was the Saints game. That's it. And come on. Even, even if they say if they win the Jags game. You know what I mean? So it's like this is crazy, right? It it's is. It's so crazy. You know what Absolutely. I mean? And I can't believe I've never seen a team have this hard of luck in a season. And then when Derek, cried, Derek Carr cries at the uh, press conference, all of a sudden we turned it on. And then we play the Rams, and the whole world is loving the Raiders, and they lose because they even started talking about Raider playoffs. They, literally, they're like, well, the Raiders are the our team on the outside looking in now. And so if they would have been able to win that game, they go seven and seven. But if they're able to win that Jacksonville game, they're eight and six right now, Mike eight and six. And that would have put them in the playoffs. They would, they easily are in the playoffs. There is no, uh, my, I don't think that the Chargers are in. If that happens, you know what I mean? So the Raiders to me, it's like, what are why are we talking about getting rid of people? They got rid of the people they needed to get rid of. John Abrams uh, was absolutely a bust. He he was never a good cover guy. He was just a hitter and a big mouth. As soon as they got rid of him, their safeties are ten times better. Ten times better, Mike. And they got rid of another defensive guy. That unit is so much better right now. And that's why I say I know you don't like McDaniels, but McDaniels – made the right decisions at the right time. He figured out who needs to be here and who doesn't need to be here. But one thing that's irritating me is the the, the excitement of getting rid of Derek Carr. Why is every media person begging for Derek Carr not to be a, the Raiders quarterback? But we know, me and you both know, the moment he leaves the Raiders, they'll all be talking about where, else, where he can go and be successful, and then they'll love Derek Carr. They just don't like the fact that he's a Raider. If Derek Carr was doing this stuff, say, in uh, – let's just name a, a team that nobody really cares for, Mike. we we'll Say if he was doing this in Tennessee, he w- nobody would have no problems with what Derek Carr is doing because he's doing damn near the same thing Kirk Cousins is doing. So- well,
1: not just that, Pop. In the AFC, I count just a handful of quarterbacks that maybe could be ranked above him. Buffalo, Josh Allen, right? Uh, Joe Burrow, Cincy, maybe Lamar Jackson, Baltimore. Uh, maybe the the rookie or the second year guy for Jacksonville, right? He's kind of showing a little progression. And uh, and then the, the Chiefs and and the Chargers with uh, <laughs> Mahomes. I'm sorry. Yeah, and that's him, it. That's in the AFC. I mean, he's better than the, the quarterbacks you know everywhere else. Denver. Texans, Colts, Titans, Steelers, Browns. Well, maybe Deshaun gets back to form. Uh, Jets, Patriots. That's just in the AFC. Look how many teams I listed that would love to have Derek. Somebody like Derek
2: Carr. You know what I mean? Right. But give him, give, give him Cincinnati's playmakers. Give him uh, Kansas City's playmakers. Give him Buffalo's playmakers. Well, he, is that really Chargers playmakers? And well, what about Jacobs and Devontae Adams? Huh?
1: What about Jacobs, Devontae Adams, and Waller? Waller's been hurt, of course. But,
2: I mean, those are three really good playmakers. Right, but you you notice that those guys have five or six. And if he had that luxury that they have, then he would be the best quarterback in the NFL, hands down. Nobody's even arguing about this. So, because I'm not taking anything away from Josh. I'm not taking anything away from Devontae. And I'm not taking – and Waller – I the, the Raiders have a good core tight ends. Waller is on my last nerves. I just don't, didn't like his approach to the season. But he he, he stepped it up. He show, He showed some signs of being back somewhat. You know what I mean? But I truly do feel like let's stop the Derek Carr – out of Vegas talk because literally there's not a quarterback right now that can replace him. Now, you know, I saw that they're they're, they're trying to start the Brady, uh Brady to Vegas uh situation. When we guys understand that Brady's forty five years old and he's not the quarterback that he's never gonna be that quarterback that was in New England. Okay, no. let's just get, get get that out the way. He he is literally his soul is broken. Because he has an outside problem that cannot be fixed. Okay. He lost his family. And it's that simple. And he's just, and literally, he's playing. This is like a, a, a what, what, what's the best word for it, Mike? This is a way, this is a healing, this is somewhat a, a healing process for him and his sense to play football and forget about uh, regular life as is. I don't want no, you won't, you don't want no damn quarterback like that, Mike. I don't care what anybody says. He's having a, Literally having a mental breakdown in front of us, but everybody keeps just saying he'll be okay. No, 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 no. Mike, you've been married. I haven't been married, but I know I've been in a heavy relationship. And I know if I've been broken, if I've been in a really long, committed relationship, and we're breaking up in the middle of the season, and then every tabloid is starting to show the new man, oh, God, how am I playing football? Where's my brain at? You know what I mean, and that's and telling of what Tom Brady's doing right now with the suck fest that's going on in uh, Tampa Bay. And pause and let's not take that in any other context, but you know what I mean by that. Absolutely. By the way, you know I, mean?
1: I, I, I want to say uh, I want to throw something at you that's kind of funny mm. about the Raiders, mm. and then we'll move on and talk about other teams, of course. So. Okay. The most common uh, margins of victory or losing either way is you lose by a field goal, three points, or four points, right? Mm-hmm. Because of the sevens and the threes and all that kind of stuff. So if the Raiders lose by a field goal and another game by four points in the next three games here, they will be the first team ever to have lost games by which they've already done all of these things, except for three and four, they've lost by one. They've lost by two. They've lost by five, lost by six, lost by seven. So they could be one through seven in terms of margin of victory, uh, losses for the, which really shows you how close and competitive they've been. I mean, seven games right now, not just the one through seven in order, but right now, because they got like, uh, they lost by two twice and by five twice. So seven games all within a touchdown. I mean, that just most of them within five points, most of their losses. I mean, that's just really, really crazy. But it'll be crazy to see if they get the, that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven margin of, uh, of, of their defeats uh, in, in one season. That would be pretty mind-boggling there, man. But, look, man, I, I hear what you're saying. I know we started off this. You were bringing up Derek Carr. You know, again, I like him a lot. I think he's underrated. I think he's picked on unnecessarily. And, look, if you look at – if you value advanced metrics, if you value, let's just say, the QBR for a quarterback. I'm not going to be you and pretend that I fully understand QBR and, and rating and all that kind of stuff. You know, I think QBR is supposed to be a little bit more accurate because it takes in more scenarios, pressure situations, you know, the score of the game, all that kind of stuff. Is it a meaningful pass and everything? Derek Carr's top 10. Top 10 QBR in the NFL. He's actually right at number 10. Quarterbacks in front of him, Mahomes, Tua. Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Geno Smith, your boy, Jared Goff, Jacoby Brissett somehow, uh, Burrow, Lamar, and Derek Carr. So he's got a better QBR than the the second-year man I mentioned earlier, Trevor Lawrence. He's got a better QBR than uh, the the whiz kid, Herbert, over in the uh, in L.A. Chargers. Uh, better than Justin Fields, Dak Prescott. Jimmy G, Kirk Cousins, Kyler Murray, Tom Brady. That's Derek Carr. Better than all those qu- quarterbacks from a QBR numerical standard.
2: Well, let me give you a good team that Derek Carr will probably wind up on if he's not a writer next season. He'll probably become a, a Seattle Seahawks. Just watch watch it work. Watch Watch, P-boy. but you know what?
1: I think Gino has earned
2: the right to be the starter again next year, man. No, Gino he, Smith has been pretty good. He, had, he he had a nice little moment. Gino Smith being really good was getting them to the playoffs, man. This is just good enough for. Uh, this is just good enough for making sure that they were still in the race. They need a quarterback that's going to get them over the top. Gino is a great guy, but Gino's a backup, in my opinion. In my opinion.
1: Well, I mean, I, I think it's hurt them in their, their recent slump that uh, they're on their, what, third string running back or something like that. That doesn't help. Um, look, I'm not going to crown him, you know, king of the universe, you know, Dan Marino or anything like that. But at the same time, it, I like to see when guys later on in their career, something clicks and they get to enjoy some moments. You know, it's better than fizzling out completely and being out of the league, which happens to so many first-round quarterbacks, so many high draft picks, first, second round, a lot of expectations. He had a lot of expectations. Probably the worst team he could have been on is New York Jets. Bad team. It's in New York. Crazy expectations. Yeah, uh, that that probably didn't help the case for
2: Jets. Rex Ryan. Rex I'm Ryan. Sorry.
1: Yeah, yeah, very demanding
2: head coach, very, very outspoken head coach. Very stupid head coach.
1: (laughs) You said it, brother. Uh, On that note, let's let's not be stupid, and let's take a a, a (laughs) final commercial timeout. We'll come back, give out some picks, and uh, throw a little shade at the uh, San Francisco Giants right after a quick timeout.
0: Today's Hot Topics.
1: Back for the final segment on the Mike Abadier show. We've hit on uh, on pretty much most of the divisions around the NFL, at least touched on them a little bit, uh, mostly on the AFC, but we talked about the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys a little bit as well. Uh, and the other divisions, you know, Minnesota looks like they have that division uh, locked down. Uh, in fact, I think, yes, they have already clinched their division. 49ers have clinched their division. The South, it's like who wants to lose uh, the least uh, because they're not winning enough. Every team, couple games or more under 500. I guess Tampa's in kind of pull position right now, but Carolina's breathing down their neck, and Carolina is three and one in their division too. Either way, I don't think anybody that comes out of the South is going to go to the Super Bowl. But we've seen it where these under 500 teams get to the playoffs and they win their first game. I think, actually, I'd have to look this up. Maybe somebody out there can look it up. I believe that what I heard was every single one of these teams that's gotten to the playoffs at a sub-500 record won their first playoff game. Definitely, we know that Seattle Seahawks did with uh, Marshawn Lynch, the earthquake game, the rumble game, beast mode. Uh, But uh, maybe that's something that one of us can look up and check out. Very interesting, especially from a betting perspective, Pop. Um, There are some other teams that are somewhat interesting. We'll see how good Washington really is. I don't think that they're great. Uh, I don't think that they're explosive enough offensively. But I think they might be able to hang a little bit with the Niners, a little bit more than maybe people realize this weekend. Um, Overall, though, this is not a great weekend for for matchups outside of that Eagles-Cowboys game. You know, there's really not like a single matchup that's like a must watch game if you're not betting or into fantasy or like a super big fan of, of the teams. You have a lot of eh matchups, right? Lions against the Panthers, Falcons and Lamarless Ra- Ravens, uh, Titans and Texans, the Browns against the Saints, you know, Bears against the Bills. But, uh, Bad matchups or blah matchups on paper often make for great matchups to wager on. So on that note, who are some of the matchups that you might be eyeing this weekend, Pop?
2: Well, you just named one right now. Commanders and 49ers. I love the commanders coming into that game. And I think the seven and a half is an absolute, uh, gem of a, uh, of a situation. Then you bring back chase young as well to the, uh, brings havoc to the quarterback that's a dog of a day type situation with them and I think that when you really compare the two teams Giants and Commanders who do you think has a better shot at getting to the playoffs even though they won that game last week the uh Giants I still think the Commanders have a better uh opportunity to be in the playoffs at this point but I'm gonna keep it real with you the NFC East looks like a clean sweep to me I'm gonna just be honest with you, because the way that Seattle has faltered as the way that Seattle Seattle has faltered, even though they probably have an easy schedule to end the year off, nothing's easy for that team at this point. Nothing's easy for anybody. I would say just throw the records out this weekend in the NFL. It doesn't really matter. It looks like it's one sided on paper, but these games are gonna go how they wanna go. But First and foremost, I would say commanders plus seven and a half is a strong play, and I just got done dogging the Giants, but I'm gonna give the Giants some props here in this next one. I think that they can beat the Vikings this week because it's a big letdown situation for the Vikings after what they did last week. you know you're just not gonna you're not gonna do that twice, and then I would say the shoo-in game for this week is to be honest with you is the um Okay, who are the Bears playing again? Buffalo. Okay, yeah, that game. (laughs) Because whatever the Bears are doing, the Bears could cover. But if you want to just have a downright going to help my parlay out situation, take the Bills.
1: Like on the money line or something?
2: Yeah, even though it's going to be incredibly like a 450. It doesn't matter. Like I'm just saying like when you people have these big parlays and stuff like that, there goes a good team to throw in there. But I would say let's not deal with the spread. But you know what? Let's test them a little bit as well, too. Maybe they can cover the spread.
1: Okay. So that's some pretty good stuff there, man. Uh, mm-hmm. I've got a couple of plays that I like quite a bit. Um, the first one is the New York Jets playing okay. at home. Okay. I always like to um, – to play against teams from the West Coast or from Florida when they go to a really cold environment. And it's going to be freezing in New York. There's uh, a big Arctic chill going through the Northeast uh, just in time for this game. And so Trevor Lawrence and company haven't played in weather like that this year. I think it'll be a challenge for them. I really like the Jets at home against the Jags minus two and a half. Everybody's thinking about that great Jacksonville win last week against the Cowboys. That was probably their Super Bowl, right? They kind of blew their you-know-what last week. So um, I will take the New York Jets. Another game that I like quite a bit as well is the Carolina Panthers, kind of for the same reasons. The Lions historically have never been a good road team. I don't think they're built that great to win on the road. Yeah, they're hot. They're playing good football. But if they're so hot and playing such good football, why is the line only two, two and a half, right? Uh, So I'm going to take the Panthers at home against the Lions. And then um, another really strange line with how hot Cincinnati is. Minus three against the Patriots. Again, I'm going to take the home team, take the Patriots, getting three points at home. If I were to parlay those, I would definitely use your suggestion about the Buffalo Bills. I think that's a pretty good money line to kind of top it off. Um, and then maybe maybe look for uh, some other must-win, uh, when I say must-win, like teams that, that really should win on paper. Uh, I think the Vikings will beat the Giants. I think they'll beat up on the Giants a little bit. Um, and... The 49ers game, I would actually go both ways on a pop. I would do one parlay getting uh, commanders plus seven, and then maybe another one on the money line for the 49ers. Try to get it both ways. Maybe even tease it both ways where you're not getting 14 for the commanders or 13 for the commanders, depending on if you do a six uh, parlay, six point or teaser six points, six and a half or seven, you might be able to get two TDs. I think that's uh, it's a pretty good uh, window there, you know, seeing that most NFL teams don't blow out each other nowadays. Most games are kind of within that 7 to 10 point range when it's like a big loss and, uh, and a field goal or less when it's a tight game. So those are the games that I like, Pop. I think we could do a combination play with the, what you're talking about, what I'm talking about, probably hit pretty good. And I am here in Las Vegas, so I will be doing some of this stuff that we're talking about and i'm gonna use your play the commanders as a straight bet at the minus 110 so good stuff there pop let's talk about baseball before we close the show man it's rough to be a san francisco giant front office person a medical staff a fan of the giants They've had a really, really, really tough last couple of weeks. I'm sure you're not losing any sleep about it at all. But first thing that the Giants fans got excited about was when Aaron Judge, better known lately as Arson Judge, because of the typo from John Heyman, who also goofed in saying that he was going to be signing with the Giants. Fans got super excited, kind of made sense. He's from NorCal. You know, he grew up uh, less than an hour from San Francisco. And then Carlos Correa agrees on a deal with the Giants. Press conference set up for the next day in the morning. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, we find out press conference is canceled and that he signed with the New York Mets. What do you make of all this? uh uh, craziness with the San Francisco Giants
2: and uh, and what happened to them? i would be real quick here and real simple because I know okay. we don't have a lot of time. Yep. Two words. Got Boris. The most shady agent to ever, and no offense to agents because I love him. I really was trying to be one at one point in my life as well too. And, you know, that's why I, I really be like, Mike, you the man because you are a sports agent and but when you've got, got, got Boris, who are just literally an agent for these work teams, just know that when you have a great player and you're dealing with him, they're probably going to be gone at the end of the year. Or they're probably, there's probably going to be something funny that happens. This is a Arod a when he was about to sign with your Red Sox, but then the deal fell through and he goes to the Yankees. Same thing.
1: Yeah, crazy stuff, man. Super, super crazy stuff there. Uh, by the way, speaking of uh, agent talk, for a quick second, I don't really talk about myself too much or or uh, any uh, you know, achievements or anything like that. But I'm definitely proud of uh, my, my man, Zach Wood. He was named as a Pro Bowl alternate. So um, that's the first time that he's achieved that status. Uh, hopefully that means he's getting... Creeping closer to maybe being a Pro Bowl starter next year. But a big congratulations to Zach Wood being a Pro Bowl alternate. Very proud of him because, hey, man, I was on his journey from before day number one. right? I was there when the Cowboys told me that they wanted him as a defensive end. And then they tried to put some weight on him for him to be a nose tackle. That's what he was playing in the preseason, nose tackle. If you could imagine that. And then they decided, you know what, let's make him a long snapper because that's what he did in college. Can he lose 50 pounds for us? Can he lighten up? Can he be less bulky than a, than a D lineman? And he did that. And they told him that he's got the job. But then their longtime long snapper, who they thought was going to retire, decided to play another year. So they were not going to keep two long snappers on their roster. So they end up cutting Zach. There was only fate that the Saints picked him up because the long snapper, they thought they were getting in free agency, had a heart condition, and he had to bow out, hence opening the door for the Saints. Just kind of shows you persistence. Anything can happen, man. That was uh, uh, unfortunate for um, for the player that had to bow out. Uh, but you know what? Zach is definitely a worthy individual in terms of if there's anybody that's going to step in and take take that job he earned it he earned it the really hard way with a lot of struggles so i just wanted to take a couple minutes to congratulate him i'm very proud of him um it's it's good stuff there pop
2: well congratulations to that man man everything's well well deserved and that reminds me of old reeves who just got his spot the guy who plays for the commander is the safety that was pretty cool, too. He's a special teamer and safety, and he got the call as well, too, and they had a nice little jovial meeting him and um, Ryan Rivera. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's good stuff there. Hey, I got to cut you off because we got to close the show, but that's definitely good stuff. Love those kind of stories, oh, I,
2: was, man. I was done, Mike. I was done. Uh, uh,
1: uh, well, thank you, Pop. Always love having you on. Right. Thank you to all the listeners out there. We will see you same time, same place next week. And before I say enjoy your sports weekend, everyone, have a very merry, blessed, and safe Christmas. Hope everybody enjoys it and, uh, and thinks about the reason for this season, if that's your thing. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone.